Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Outdoor Family Podcast. Whether you're new to outdoor recreation or you're a pro looking for new ideas, we're here to inspire your family to get outside. Whether it's sitting fireside in your backyard or navigating your kiddos down into the Grand Canyon, we've got you covered with classic and new adventure ideas, trip recommendations, book picks, gear guides, and much more. Thanks for joining us on our adventure. Hello, and welcome to the Outdoor Family Podcast. I'm Debbie, here with Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Debbie. So, last week we discussed our fall bucket list of outdoor activities, and this past weekend and this week as we're recording is actually peak foliage for our region of Pennsylvania and New York. So, Sarah, I'm curious, have you and your family taken advantage of this peak time in the great outdoors? We have. We went to two local farms that were offering fall-themed activities. So the kids got to do a variety of different activities outside. Um, some of the more notable activities were shooting off a corn cannon. It was oh, my first time. Like a corn yeah. cob? A whole cob? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yes, a whole cob. And it was, I guess it was like, a, I'm going to say an air gun type thing. It was very yeah. powerful, but it like made that like sound. Yeah. <laughs> I was like afraid they were gonna get blown off the haystacks they were on, but <laughs> it went well. Okay. Um, they got to obviously they picked pumpkins and they got to do a craft with their pumpkins at one of the farms. So, nice. so how about you, Debbie? What did you guys do? Um, yeah, well, tomorrow we're gonna go to the pumpkin patch, um, so we'll get to do some of those things tomorrow. But um, this past weekend, we actually did rent that inflatable kayak I was talking about from a local outfitter. Um, so we got to try it out and, uh, we paddled the two lakes, two lakes in our community. One we live right across from and the other is just down the road. So we tested it out. We did hit some rain showers. There were some clouds out in the, in the morning, but we did a paddle in the morning. We got rained on a little bit, but we walked right across the road and back to house. We had some lunch (laughs) and then we, um, popped the kayak on the car and, drove to the other lake and by then the sun was shining and it was a beautiful day so we uh yeah we experienced the fall foliage via water and what are your thoughts on that inflatable kayak it was definitely awesome i think we're both sold on an inflatable kayak but the brand we had was um an expedition type kayak so it you know like doing like streams and more white water and that kind of thing and even though it was a tandem kayak it was still pretty squishy for the three of us Mm -hmm. in there so there are other inflatable kayaks we've been doing some more research that are roomier also like heavier and things like that which is fine though we're talking like 40 50 pounds instead of this thing was like 13 pounds it was crazy yeah it was awesome like we were loading it on and off the car you know like one armed by ourselves so um but it was definitely awesome to be able to just blow it up and then carry it across the lake or you drive it wherever you want like we were talking we can bring it to the Adirondacks with us without having to worry we have like our rooftop box that we pack things in so we can have that on the top of the car and still have like the kayak in a box in the back of the car you know Oh, yeah, yeah, that's I awesome. What a space saver. For the inflatable kayaks. 
And I did post some pictures on our social, our Instagram and Facebook. So if listeners, if you didn't see that, check that out. Check out our page. We're at the Outdoor Family Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So you can see some of the pictures I took of of our paddle. Excellent. Yes, they were beautiful pictures for sure. So this week we're starting a new series. Mm -hmm. We're excited about it. We're calling it Off the Urban Rail onto a Green Trail. And this is where we will talk about how to get outside in cities across the United States. And this week we're going to start with the city that we're both closest to, and that would be New York City. Yep, the big I'm really excited to include all our city listeners in this series. We know that city dwellers often escape the city to immerse themselves in the great outdoors, but Sometimes you don't have the time or the car or the money for a getaway. And that's okay because there's so much to do right in the Big Apple and other cities across the country. Now, let me first say neither of us are experts of New York City by any means, nor is this meant to be a comprehensive list of outdoor activities in the city. But we did some research, talked to some family and friends who live in the city, and we came up with this list of suggestions to kind of get you all started. So on today's podcast, we are going to explore all that the five boroughs and Long Island have to offer in terms of hiking, walking, biking. We've got parks, gardens, and green spaces. We've got outdoor art, historical landmarks, and of course, lodging for people that may be traveling from out of the area. And just a note, many of these points of interest require proof of a COVID-19 vaccination, um, and that would be for anybody 12 years and older. So just make sure you're checking out that requirement before you plan your visit. And with that, I think we'll jump right into all that the city and Long Island has to offer. So we're going to start with mountain biking. So we've got Highbridge Park, which is in Manhattan, and I'm going to be leaving a link for each of these areas so that you can check full trail reviews. So I'm going to leave a link for this one at 57 hours. It looks like there's two options on this trail. You can start at the top of the hill or the bottom, depending upon whether you want a climb (laughs) or just a ride down the trail. And from what I can tell, maintenance seems to be an issue on and off throughout the year. It was during the time of the trail review that I was reading on 57 hours. So I think that might be something worth checking before hitting hitting the trail. There is a mountain biking trail in um, on Staten Island. It's called Wolf's Pond Park. I'm gonna leave a link to single tracks. That's a review of the trail. This trail offers single track, intermediate, beginner, and there's one advanced trail. There are climbs, and since this area is wooded, you're gonna hit some root obstacles and some logs. So that's, that seems like a fun one. There's another um, trail in Staten Island, Ocean Breeze Park. And I'm gonna drop another link here from Single Tracks for a trail review. This is pretty cool. This is like a beach ride. And the trail review that I read, the biker um, rode uh, on fat tires in the middle of the winter when the sand was damp and frozen. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it it looked really cool. Um, Just something different to do. And then the last trail that I am going to highlight here is Cunningham Park in Queens. And it seemed like of all the mountain biking trails in the city, this one takes the cake in terms of popularity. Um, There are a range of trail difficulty levels. You'll experience switchbacks, single track, wooded riding, 
Um, there are three dirt jump mini parks for free riding. I'm going to uh, include a link to the MTB project website. They provide a full review of this trail. You can find out all the different trails, all those difficulty levels that I mentioned and that uh, dirt jump mini park. From biking, we can, we can walk and hike in the city. Again, very surprised at how much there is, how many miles of trails there are. Mm-hmm. So like Debbie mentioned, we're, we're not going to hit everything, but we're going to highlight some places. And the first one's going to be the Bronx Greenway. There are currently 20 miles and they're still expanding. There is a boat launch at Shoelace Park. There is so much to see and do along this greenway. Just to name a few stopping points along the path, there's Concrete Plant Park. There's the Bronx River Arts Center. There's the Mitsubishi River Walk and Waterfalls. So, I mean, you can see so much on this walkway. I, I definitely want to check it out. I have not been, but it looks really awesome. Then in Brooklyn, we have Bushwick Inlet Park. This has a lot of athletic fields, so they ha- they do host a lot of um, adult and youth soccer leagues. There is a community building that boasts a green roof, and they also have solar panels. They have a lot of a community events, one of which that they did recently, it was a restoration project where they used oysters to clean up the shoreline. <laughs> what do you, so they laid they laid oysters out to clean it up? Yeah, because oysters are natural filters. Mm-hmm. They brought oysters to the shoreline and they filtered the water, cleaned wow. up the shoreline. That's so, awesome. It, right? They do a lot of neat things like that. And they did that with um, like an association that specializes in this. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely check the website out. It was a neat project. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then lastly, the Facebook page is, I would say, a better resource than even their like official website for keeping up to date with the community events that they have going on. So we also have environmental centers. Again, I'm sure there's many more than this, but we're just going to highlight two. Alley Pond Environmental Center in Queens. So this place provides educational programming for children and adults. They have day and nighttime walks, which I thought was pretty neat. They have animal ambassadors that you can meet. They do programming so you can learn about each creature there. There's no admission rate here, so you actually don't have to pay, but awesome. obviously donations are appreciated. I'm sure that goes to keeping the property kept and feeding the uh, animal ambassadors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the other environmental center here, we have Salt Marsh Nature Center in Brooklyn. This place looked really cool to me. So you can paddle around the salt marsh. There are trails for walking and running. They have urban park ranger programs, which I thought Debbie gave a round of applause for. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, they have um, educational programs at the nature center. And since it's, it is a marsh, you're going to find tons of birds. So bird watching is huge here. And I thought it was pretty neat. This marsh was actually, it was actually once a wasteland. <laughs> it was disgusting. Like there were... Oh, wow. They junked out cars, but it has obviously since been restored. So again, another great place to support um, and keep running the Salt Marsh Nature Center in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome suggestions. I'm going to move on to some that are just generally like cool parks to visit. And most of them have everything from, you know, walking, hiking, fishing, swimming, boating, bird watching, things like that. Um, So the first one I want to mention is the Gateway National Recreation Area. 
which is um, a part of the National Park Service. It's part of Staten Island, Brooklyn, and then also Sandy Hook in New Jersey. So it does go into New Jersey. Um, but they have uh, green spaces, beaches, wildlife, and outdoor recreation, and all alongside historic structures and cultural landscapes. They also have uh, campgrounds in each of those sections. So there's, the stat- like I mentioned, the Staten Island section. And there's a campground called Camp Gateway. And there's one, a campground in the Brooklyn section, also Camp Gateway. And then in the Sandy Hook section, if you want to head into New Jersey as well. So they have campgrounds in all three sections. It's a recreation area. So that's what its focus is, is providing you with Uh, resources to recreate so there's biking there's fishing swimming boating paddling camping as I mentioned bird watching there's archery in this park as well walking and running trails and even in the winter you can go sledding cross-country skiing and snowshoeing Um, so it's just a great all-around park to visit there's also I saw part of the the national park the Jamaica Bay Wildlife Refuge in Brooklyn That is currently closed due to COVID, I believe, but it looks like a really cool area to check out once they're able to reopen. Then I'm going to move to Manhattan. First is Inwood Hill Park, and this is, it's the most northern part of Manhattan, and I believe it's Manhattan's only natural unlandscaped park. So of course Manhattan has tons of of landscaped parks, but this is their only unlandscaped park, I believe. It's 196 acres. There's a hiking trail and the Hudson River bike trail right along the river there. They also have athletic fields, playgrounds, dog runs, barbecue areas, um, and it's all intermingled in harmony with its natural, natural settings. So I thought that's a pretty unique thing of Manhattan because when you think of Manhattan, you don't think of natural landscape at all. There's also the High Line in Manhattan, and this is almost two miles of an old freight line that they turned into like a walking path, and it has seasonally shifting works of art, food vendors, gardens, and performances, and it's open year-round. Last thing I want to mention is uh, Pelham Bay Park, which is in the Bronx. Now, this is New York City's largest park property, and it's approximately three times the size of Central Park, so it's very big. It offers all the things I mentioned before in in most of these other parks. There's hiking trails, biking, athletic fields, playgrounds, those kinds of things. There's Bartow Pell Mansion, which is a cool historic site. One of my husband's cousins actually uh, volunteers there. And then there's um, also two two golf courses. So once again, like everything you can think in recreation area. Now we can shift over to gardens and green spaces because yeah. the, the city has a lot of these. Yeah. One that I came across that covers all of the places that we're talking about is the New York Restoration Program. These are community gardens throughout the five boroughs. And when I was reading about them, I thought it might just be easier and better for me to read their mission statement because it tells you everything you need to know. So their mission statement is, we work to ensure that all New Yorkers have equitable access to green space, 
For 25 years, NYRP has invested in and stewarded parks and gardens throughout the city's five boroughs to strengthen communities, promote food sovereignty, and counter environmental and social injustice. There are tons of these spaces, and one that I thought looked pretty cool was the Home Depot Children's Garden. It's the first certified nature explorer classroom. So there are a lot of kids activities that go down here. And for all of these spaces, since it is a restoration program, it's really neat to look at the before and after pictures of the restored spaces. It's pretty unbelievable what they've been able to accomplish. We'll definitely drop the link for the New York restoration program so that people can locate a community garden closest to them. Yeah. I love a good before and after picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So satisfying. <laughs> Even though I had nothing to do with the after, I still feel a sense of accomplishment yeah. <laughs> vicariously <laughs> through these things. So, yes. yes, definitely cool to check out. I, I found some gardens to, to take note of. The New York Chinese Scholars Garden, which is on Staten Island part of the Snug Harbor Cultural Center. And the gardens are based on the Ming Dynasty gardens, and the buildings are built traditionally of materials fabricated in China. There is Heather Garden, which is located along the Hudson River. It's part of Fort Tryon Park. It is a four-season garden. They have a heather garden, which is one of the largest in the country, and then they also have an alpine garden. There are playgrounds. There is Sir William's Dog Run, the largest public dog run in Manhattan. And Debbie, I don't know if in your research you noticed this, but I mean, it seems like a New York thing too, but we seem to be able to boast (laughs) like it's the largest. It's the first. (laughs) Right, right. The oldest. The the oldest, exactly. Um, So, yes, like I said, largest public dog run, in case you were keeping score. And Mm -hmm. there is birding available here as well at the Cabrini Wood uh, Nature Sanctuary. So we've got a little bit of everything over at Heather Garden. Cool. I have some other, two others for Manhattan. Of course, there's Central Park. We've all heard of that. And it's 863 acres. And if you've ever watched any movie based in New York City, I'm sure you've seen clips of it. And then this one looked really cool, another in Manhattan. It's called the 6BC Botanical Gardens. And 6 stands for East 6th Street. B stands for botanical. And C stands for community. So it kind of um, just tells you what their what their mission is is to involve the community in this botanical garden that they've created and they have activities and um, family gatherings and all that kind of stuff in the garden so that one looked really cool then we can move into brooklyn there's the brooklyn botanic garden and that is 52 acres also open year-round and they actually have greenhouses and stuff there too so um, some indoor indoor gardens for the winter time, and they have this really cool kids attraction called Discovery Garden, and basically it allows the kids to explore different habitats and the plants and animal life that live there. Their website was a wealth of information so definitely check it out they have online classes virtual tours kids activities all kinds of things so definitely check out the brooklyn botanic gardens as we said we'll put all the links in in the show notes also in brooklyn there is free yoga in prospect park seasonally of course it seems that every thursday night from june through september there is free yoga and then the last one I have for the Brooklyn is Marine Park. 
This is the largest park in Brooklyn. It's about 800 acres. It seems like they're true trail systems, the blue and the red trail, and they all kind of intersperse and connect and you can make all kinds of different you know, loops and things from it. And there's points of interest along the trails everywhere. And this is a marine park. So of course it's going to be also excellent for bird watching. Moving on to Queens, we have the Flushing Meadows Corona Park. Now, most of you may know a famous structure in this park, the 12-story Unisphere, which is the world's largest globe structure. Men in black, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But believe it or not, this structure is part of a huge park, and it's also the location of where they hosted the 1934 and 1964 World's Fair. So this park has historic walks, scenic trails, sports complexes, recreation center, indoor pool trails, lakes, cultural and civic centers, skate park, a zoo and an aquarium, fishing, ice skating, so many things. Also inside of the Corona Park is the Queen's Botanical Gardens. It seems like they have all kinds of awesome activities as well. Um, I saw things for a children's children and family garden day. Uh, Right now it looks like they're doing a pumpkin patch. It looks like they have a lot of awesome things going on there too. In the Bronx, there is probably the most famous, the New York Botanical Garden. So Have have you been there, Debbie? I have not. Have you? I have. And it is beautiful. Yeah. So this is open year round again. They even have this annual holiday train show, which is where they have model trains inside. So they do have like a conservatory. So there is like a an inside park. So it's like model trains in the conservatory riding through all kinds of they have like New York City landmarks and stuff set up, I think. So that's sounds like a favorite event. And They literally sound like I looked at their calendar and it's like there's an event, multiple events every day. So they have so many things going on. That and I think that it's a very popular spot for field trips and you're next door to the Bronx Zoo. So yes, it's definitely a popular spot for, you know, people in the city, but then also people from the tri-state area. Right. Now, Sarah, also part of the New York Botanical Gardens is the Thane Family Forest. Did you see this when you were there? I did not. So this is apparently the last surviving remnant of the city's original woodland, which I thought is like really cool. That's pretty awesome. That's wild. Yeah. So if you're in the Bronx, you could also swing by the Wave Hill Public Garden and Cultural Center. And that one is 28 acres of garden and also the Cultural Center Cultural Center as well. And then also there's Van Cortland. I don't know if it's Van Cortland. Van Cortland. I've been there okay van Cortland park yep and it's over a thousand acres it's the third largest city in in new york there's hiking routes traversing across the forest scrubland meadows wetlands all kinds of habitats you're gonna go through uh, it also has the country's oldest, there you go, oldest, <laughs> public <laughs> golf course, the oldest house in the Bronx, which is kind of cool, and then uh, the Bronx's largest freshwater lake. Um, so, of course, once again, all those recreation things, there's hiking, biking, fishing, there's a nature center, skate park, playgrounds, pools, all kinds of things. 
Sarah, you said you've been there? I have. I did a breast cancer walk my freshman year of college there. Awesome. Moving to Staten Island. Sarah, you mentioned this park already, but I'm just going to mention again really quickly because you mentioned it for mountain biking, I believe. Ocean Breeze Park. So not only is there great mountain biking there, but there is apparently a a huge, uh, renowned track and field complex. And this, I thought, was pretty cool. They also have a therapeutic horse riding arena. So kids who need, you know, like physical therapy or or things like that, um, they have this horse riding center there too, which I thought was awesome. Then in also Ocean Breeze Park, there's also the Ocean, Ocean Breeze Fishing Pier, which is one of the longest fishing piers um, in the city. So that sounds like a great place to go fishing. And then the last one I'm going to mention in Staten Island is the Franklin D. Roosevelt Boardwalk and Beach. So this is great. Obviously, it's a beach, so there's swimming and beaches and all that kind of stuff. But it's great for canoeing and kayaking. And basically, it's just a beach lover's paradise from what I hear. So check that one out. And Debbie, I don't know if you found this to be true, but it a lot of these places where you are able to take a boat out to whether it be canoeing or kayaking or boating, a lot of these places do offer rentals. So you don't yes. necessarily... Because I was thinking like, yeah, we have kayaks, but I don't know that I would be bringing them into the city. Or people in the city don't own kayaks. Unless it's yeah, an where are you inflatable store a kayak? one, right? So <laughs> exactly. good use for inflatable ki- kayaks. I highly uh, suggest them. Take a look at them. Um, <laughs> yes, but that is a good point. Yes, and same thing with bikes. I think there's a lot of places that, you know, rent bikes and stuff too for these these parks. So good point. Let's move to outdoor art. One is in Queens, and it's the Socrates Sculpture Park. And this is a free year-round sculpture park. And I think they have all kinds of festivals and um, art exhibits throughout the year and events that are going on. So definitely check that one out. And then I found this one in Manhattan, which is the Washington Square Outdoor Art Exhibit. It's been going on for 90 years, apparently. It's in Greenwich Village. It is not in Washington Square Park. They made that clear on their website. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's an art exhibit with, you know, a bunch of vendors and all kinds kinds of artists um, showing and selling their work. So that one also sounds pretty cool. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So as we have hinted at in the podcast throughout New York City, and its five boroughs are very historical. And there are some historic points of interest that we want to highlight. First that I came across, I have not been, but I am planning to check out is Richmond Town in Staten Island. It is a living history village. Um, If you think Williamsburg, similar vibe, people kind of acting out life as it was in Richmond Town. And there is a museum complex that you can check out. It is going to highlight 300 years of Staten Island history. There are 100 acres of parkland and they offer a bunch of public programs. Pretty much like it seems daily that they have all these different programs. They're super diverse. Some of the the programs that I saw that interest me is they have a cabin fever reliever. That's what they call it. And they offer, you know, I I love like catchy (laughs) names and they offer crafts based on historic processes and materials. So that one I thought was really cool. And they do um, tavern concerts made me think of you and Ryan. So tons to do there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I wish we lived closer because they literally they have so much for the kids and 
adult programs as well. So just like a nice way to get out and do something with or without the kids. Well, and that's, that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of like being in a city is all the, the culture and the events and all that kind of stuff. So you might lack a little bit in the, the outdoor space, although we're finding out that's not necessarily true either, depending on the city you're living in. So not only do you have all these great parks and stuff, but all this great culture and, and art and, you know, it's just, yeah, a rich, rich history and, right. and, and great things to do. A lot of it's free. It's just so accessible. Um, you just need to know where to yeah. find these places. Right. I think you had a few other historical sites for people to check out, some of which I've been to. I've, I'm sure you may have been to some of them as well. I've been to some of these, yeah. So first I want to talk about Castle Clinton. And this is part of Battery Park at the southern tip of Manhattan. And it's accessible by car, bus, subway, and ferry. And it basically stands where New York City began. Initially, it was an area intended to prevent a British invasion in 1812. So the fortification has transformed over the years, though, to welcome people. Sightseers and millions of visitors are welcomed by this uh, Castle Clinton in New York Harbor now. So that's definitely a, a great historic park. Probably New York's most famous uh, Statue of Liberty, National Monument, and Ellis Island. They are one park, even though they are different islands. And of course, it just uh, pays heritage to the 12 million immigrants who passed through Ellis Island from 1892 to 1954, and the Statue of Liberty, the gifts given to us by France. And obviously, it's, you know, a country symbol for our for our entire country so if you've never been it's awesome you can you know take boats to the two islands and explore and it's just amazing especially if your family has a history of immigration into the city during that time I remember going there on I think it was fourth grade we had a field trip there and I remember my mom giving me a piece of paper and a yes. pencil to bring to rub the names of family members who went through Ellis Island. So um, all the all the people who immigrated are are listed on on walls on Ellis Island. Yes, we I have done that as well. I feel like that's a rite of passage. So there's also in Manhattan the Federal Hall National Memorial. This is where George Washington took the oath for office as our first president. And this site was also home to the first Congress, Supreme Court, and executive branch offices. So that's a cool place to check, around, check out and look around. Another place right in Manhattan is General Grant National Memorial. And this is the final resting place of Ulysses S. Grant, as well as his wife. So that's another cool place. Now, all these couple of things that I'm talking about are all right in Manhattan, and they're all part of the national park system. Um, but they're going to be, you know, smaller places, national memorials, national monuments, things like that. So they don't necessarily have a whole lot, but they definitely have historical context and are great places to go check out. The next one is the African Burial Ground National Monument. Monument also in Manhattan. The African burial ground is the oldest and largest known excavated burial ground in North America for both free and enslaved Africans. So it protects the historic role slavery played in building New York City, which is a pretty cool thing. And then this is a newer monument right in Manhattan, the Stonewall National Monument. And this monument is in support of LGBTQ civil rights. 
so that one looks really cool. I'd love to go visit that one. The next one is, I guess I'm going to call this Manhattan, although it's not really because it's an island um, in the bay. So part of it is run by the National Park Service. There is the Governor's Island National Monument. But basically to get to Governor's Island, there's uh, it's in the New York Bay and there is a ferry via Manhattan or Brooklyn to bring you to Governor's Island. Uh, and the island itself is vibrant, mostly summer venue, although I heard that this year it may have just changed to a year-round place. But it um, provides art, culture, and performance against the back backdrop of like two centuries of military heritage. So what the National Park Service is part of is our two forts, Castle Williams and Fort Jay on the island. Um, so those are two national monuments you can you can visit. But there's also the non-national park side, which provides so much recreation. So from what I read, there is like zip lining. There are adult slides on what's called Slide Hill. There's a whole hammock grove, a lavender field, an urban farm. I know there are music festivals on this island. And the newest addition, I think as, as of 2021, glamping. So there, this is what I want to do. The, um, through Collective Governor's Island, there are several glamping and they're not just tents there. I think there are like tiny houses and small structures and things like that so, so that you can go glamping on Governor's Island. So I'm I'm really interested in that. And that sounds really awesome. So we'll provide a link on on how to how to camp on Governor's Island as well. Oh, yeah, I I didn't know that all of this was available there. And I one of the positives I feel that has come out of COVID is that there are so many more outdoor things to do and ha like you mentioned now there are things that you can do year-round where previously um we all kind of hibernated yeah yeah <laughs> and just kind of accepted that there wasn't much to do but COVID has you know made it apparent that people need to be able to be outside even right. when it's not that nice out <laughs> yeah one of my favorite adages there's no such thing as bad weather as long as you you yeah. know prepare and dress yeah, appropriately exactly. <laughs> there you go so um, another one is the Sagamore Hill National Historic Site, and this is in Oyster Bay, Long Island. And this is basically the summer White House of Theodore Roosevelt. Um, so it is, you know, his his house that you can tour, but it also comes with 83 acres of natural surroundings. So it's definitely plenty of room to, to wander and explore through nature as well on his, his little estate there. And then the Staten Island Ferries been around since 1905 um, and it carries approximately 25 million passengers annually on a wow. it's a 5.2 mile run between the St. George Terminal in Staten Island and the Whitehall Terminal in Lower Manhattan. Uh, it runs 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's and this is from the website. It says the Staten Island Ferry is the most reliable form of mass transit with a consistent annual on time performance record of over 92 percent during the last several years. I thought that was oh, pretty wow. cool. <laughs> I bet it's pretty cold on that in the winter. Oh, yes, absolutely. Do you know how um, how long that commute is? Like you said, it's 5.2 miles. I don't know, know how long it takes. takes. No, but yeah, it's 5.2 miles. Um but the the best thing is is that it's free, so it's it's oh. free mass transit, and along the way you get a pretty good view of the Statue of Liberty, from what I hear. So, I oh, mean, that's awesome. 
I think a lot of um, a lot of visitors to New York have probably heard that secret and they know it's free and it's just I mean a good way to see New York from from the river and um, yeah so I'm actually surprised that their performance record is so high mm-hmm. being that it is free and like you said there are probably a lot of tourists using it and it's pretty impressive yeah I was also impressed um so I think that's it for me. And then I think, Sarah, you wanted to talk about Snug Harbor Cultural Center a little bit more, right? Yeah. So we did mention it because they are, it is the place where the Chinese Scholars Garden is located. But I just wanted to point out a few other things that they've got going on over there because they do have a lot. So um, it's under our historical section because it is a converted 19th century rest home for sailors. I want to almost call it a compound. It houses an art center, 14 bot- botanical gardens, public parks. There's the Staten Island Children's Museum. There is two acres of urban farming. There's a total of like 28 buildings on the property. So there's a lot going on there beside the Chinese Scholars Garden, which looks awesome all by itself but then you've got all this other stuff you can do while you're there yeah you're right it sounds almost like a whole compound of of awesome things cool our last category is going to be and i'm going to put this in air quotes quote unquote lodging so we're not going to talk about hotels or airbnbs or anything like that um but i wanted to specifically since you know this is the outdoor family podcast i wanted to talk about camping and not a lot of people realize that you can camp in new york city so there are tons once again this is not an exhaustive list of all campgrounds, but I did want to mention one campground, at least on in each borough. So starting with Staten Island, I mentioned this earlier, Camp Gateway, part of Gateway National Recreation Area. They have a park on in Staten Island. They also have one in uh, Brooklyn, so I'm going to include that for Brooklyn next. So Camp Gateway, part of Gateway National Recreation Area. And Manhattan, I, once again, this is like kind of cheating, but um, (laughs) I'm going to include the collective Governor's Island glamping. Um, I mean, you get a great view of Manhattan from there, so uh, I think that counts. And then in Queens, there's Camp Rockaway, which is also fairly new. It's only a couple years old from what I understand, and they are set up glamping tents in uh, the National Park, so they had some arrangement of with um with gateway to set up these glamping tents and they're supposed to be spectacular they this company or whatever camp rockaway also has opened up glamping glamping sites and other destinations now too from what i understand so um so that looks really cool i'll put links to all of these of course in the show notes and then in the bronx i couldn't find anything (laughs) Um, Maybe um, under an overpass? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I did read, um, I think maybe at one point there was um, camping in Van Cortlandt Park, which we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. I think people had like mentioned when they were kids they could camp there or something. But from what I understand, you can no longer camp there. I mean, it's a huge property. You could probably illegally camp there, but... I was going to say. <laughs> We're not going to endorse you... that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. 
listeners, if you know of any camping in the Bronx, we'd love to hear. But I could not find anything. Um, so that was interesting to me. And then just by like default, we're going to include Long Island here because there, there are so many places to camp and beautiful places on Long Island. Um, and I'm just going to mention a few. Hither Hills in Montauk. Uh, they have tent and RV sites. That's a, a great campground from what I hear. People talk about it a lot. Uh, there's Smith Point County Park, which is part of Fire Island. There's Bayberry Dunes Beach View House. This is a different, this actually isn't camping. This is kind of like an, an Airbnb thing. So this is part of Fire Island National Seashore. And it's just a house that the Park Service owns, I believe. And they just opened it for longer stays for people with like bigger groups. So I think it's a six day minimum and then it, it can sleep up to eight guests. So um, that's through the National Park and I'll put a link through that. So that's just kind of a unique thing. There, there's plenty oh, yeah, of- Yeah, I bet that books up fast. I bet, that's what I was thinking. Cause I mean, there's plenty of private you know, houses on Fire Island with, that I'm sure are Airbnb and, and Verbo, but um, they mentioned that this was a, a lot more affordable. And yes, mm -hmm. I would I would assume that it probably books up pretty quickly. Because so. you're you're saying it's only this, it's a single yeah rental basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's also Eastern Long Island Campground, which is in Greenport. They have RV tent luxury safari tents and yurts <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and then okay. apparently cabin suites coming soon so this is one that that showed up a lot when i searched so this i think is a very popular campground and then what is what makes a tent a safari, <laughs> safari tent? tent i don't know i think it's the type of tent maybe um my guess is like it's an a-frame tent instead of like a as opposed to like a yurt Oh, okay. Okay. That that's just my guess, but I I don't officially. Yeah, know. That, that sounds <laughs> sounds like an educated guess. <laughs> um, and then lastly, there's Wildwood State Park in Wading River, New York, and they have tent, RV, and cottages as well. So just a few Long Island shoutouts there. Um, yeah. So some unconventional lodging, and I think that's it. So. Sarah, I don't know about you, but like I was just so surprised at once we start like I started diving into this research and talking to people like how much you can do in New York City. Oh yeah, I and a lot of it is just so unique and I love that almost everything is historical. Mm -hmm. Or like it's the superlative. It's like the largest, mm -hmm. the oldest, the biggest, the first. Um yeah, I definitely have a list now of a bunch of places I want to check out. Yeah, same here. So once again, we'll, this is going to be a long show note, so definitely check it out. So I'm going to break it up into the sections that we talked about, and then break from there, I'll break it up into the five boroughs. So it's kind of, a, um, I don't know, I like really organized things like that. So hopefully it's a good organized show notes for all of you to, to just quickly, you know, pick out the things that you thought were interesting. So... Yeah, I think that's it. Hopefully we gave you some ideas to explore the great outdoors without actually having to leave the city or even while you're visiting uh, New York City, some of these outdoor activities to do. Yeah, no doubt. If we missed one of your favorites or you love one of the places we mentioned, let us know. We love to hear from you at the Outdoor Family Podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram 
And if you have any favorite places you enjoy in the great outdoors in another city, let us know because this is going to be a series and we're going to be covering other cities in the future. So let us know your favorite urban getaways and we'll include them in future shows. Yeah, that'd be awesome if you could do our job for us. Thanks. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just But kidding. Debbie likes things very organized, so please use bullets. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or I will bullet for you. Uh, <laughs> We'd also love if you just took a minute to rate and or review our podcast if you like what you hear. Thank you to everyone who has rated us so far, but we still don't have any reviews. Tear. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, but we truly want your feedback. So if you uh, would just take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts, that'd be awesome. And just in case you don't know how to do that, so if you go into Apple Podcasts and you search the Outdoor Family Podcast, right on our, our page um, show page, just scroll all the way to the bottom past all our episodes and you should see our rating. And then you should be able to pick your star rating and leave a review if, if you want. And thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to get up and get outside and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday, from the neighborhood. I'm in New York, state of mind.